Hey y'all, this is Vera Payam, and I am back with another episode of The Vera Payam Show. This episode is about my personal ethics as a sex worker. So I want to start off by saying that personally, I do not view being a sex worker and having ethics as incompatible. Um, I don't view having integrity and being adult entertainer as mutually exclusive. I view sex work the same way that I view any other kind of labor. It is a service that people need and that they are willing to pay for. And in my experience, my, my little tiny sliver of experience, um, most of the men and women that I know in this industry are here by choice. Uh, they, for the most part, they enjoy their work, they enjoy their compensation, and they enjoy the lifestyle that it provides for them. Just like any other industry, you know, there will always be the risk of exploitation, um, both of workers and of consumers. And this is true of any, any system. Anytime there is a system, there are always going to be people that are trying, that are going to try to exploit it for their own benefit. Um, and this is true of any system, economic, social, physical, technological, um, I mean, I've mentioned it in other episodes, but for example, when I was a barista, you know, I definitely felt like I was underpaid for my labor. Um, I felt like I was, I was overworked. I didn't have control over my schedule. I couldn't count. I never knew how many hours I was going to have next week. I didn't know what my paycheck was going to look like at the end of the month. I, I didn't own any of the, the product of my labor. I, you know, I made you know, I, I worked super hard for a multi-million dollar company and at the end of the, you know, the end of the month, I never knew if I was even going to be able to afford rent. Exploitation exists everywhere, not just in the adult entertainment industry. That being said, uh, sex work and the adult entertainment industry, or, you know, the industry for short, is a really broad category. Uh, it encompasses a lot of different types of work, including but not limited to exotic dancers, escorts, porn stars, cam models, sugar babies, cinematographers, talent managers, webmasters, producers, promotion companies, the whole like. These are all, you know, these are all valid forms of work in the adult entertainment industry, and they're all very different jobs with very different experiences and very different codes of conduct. And so while there is room for exploitation, just like any other industry, there are also a lot of people here who just really love their work. They love what they do. They take pride in their work. And there's also amazing fans and clients, you know, and Johns who feel exactly the same way, right? Um, the only difference for me is that, you know, now as a sex worker versus back when, you know, when I had like a regular job, is that I don't have a boss or work for a company. Uh, I, I am a cam model, I'm an independent contractor, so I work for myself. I have control over my schedule, my workload, my content, and to a degree, even my income, right? And so in my experience in the industry, my experience in the industry being a cam girl is gonna, and running my own independent you know, porn company is gonna be very different from, you know, for instance, like an escort or something, right? Um, I work from home. I live stream, you know, I live stream my shows several times a week. Uh, I produce all my own content, photo galleries, video clips, audio clips, this podcast, for instance. Um, and I promote my own. I decide what I do. I decide what the, 
what my content is and I promote it all. So, so generally I would say like overall, I consider myself to be a content creator, except, you know, of the adult variety, right? <laughs> um, and so, you know, as opposed to like a YouTuber or something who like puts all of their content on YouTube or Instagram, you know, most of mine goes to adult websites, right? Like Chatterbait or ManyVids or, you know, the, my personal website, verapyam.com. Um, so for me, I own the rights to my work, I manage my own fan base, I manage my own clients, and I have a foundation that I can continue to build a career on for as long as I'm in the industry. These are all luxuries that I could never, I could have never even dreamed of. These are luxuries I never had when I was working a regular job, right? And so I clarify all this, you know, not to like put my resume out there or anything like that, but I clarify this because everybody's experience um, with the, with the industry and everybody's role in it is going to be different. And it's definitely going to shape the way that they approach their work and the way they define their ethics and their personal code of conduct. So, I mean, for instance, being a cam model is, is different from being an exotic dancer. It's even very different from being like a porn star. Very different. Even though we both create, you know, like, you know, pornographic films, like our experience and how we do those is all going to be very different. Um, so, and I say this because, you know, every career is going to have its own unique set of experiences and challenges. And so again, I just want to highlight that I'm speaking from my personal perspective as a cam girl and as an independent content creator. So as a creator, my fans are everything. And every creator has a different philosophy behind their content, their branding, and their relationship with their fans, how they view their fans and how they treat their fans. Um, for me personally, you know, I never, I never planned on becoming a cam girl. I say this all the time, but, um, you know, I, when I first started camming, I'd never even watched a cam show before. I didn't know what tokens were, and I sure as hell didn't know that it could be a full-time career. I originally created a Chatterbait account, you know, like just for fun, like just for funsies. Uh, I just wanted to meet people, uh, you know, I wanted to perv out and goof off and wank off with other kinksters. Um, I never thought that three years later, I would, this would be my career and I'd be entertaining over 35,000 followers. Like, ugh. You know, never thought I'd be starting my own production company or launching my own website, you know, verapyam.com. Like, um, and I emphasize this because that is not every person's, ex that's not every cam model's experience. Like, not every cam model fell into this by accident. Some people, some people chose this career very intentionally with specific reasons, intents, and purposes. Um, I did not. <laughs> um, but I say that because that's definitely shaped the way that I view this industry and my relationship with my fans, right? Um, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a business or this podcast, um, you know, if it wasn't for the relationship and the connection that I've cultivated with my fans, everything that I have is, is thanks to that, that connection and relationship. And for that, I am just, uh, I'm just, I'm eternally grateful every day for every single fan that I have. 
no matter how much they tip me or in what way they support my show. Every fan I have supports my show in their own unique way, and it and it's and it's all meaningful to me, and it all makes a difference to improve, you know, my world, my life, and the quality of my content. Um, and so I'm aware too that not has maybe not everybody's familiar with a cam girl or a cam show. Um, and so for some people who've never watched a cam show, it might be odd for you to hear, you know, that that we as adult entertainers, you know, have a relationship with our fans, but we do, we do, we absolutely do. Um, you know, I mean, now I'm sure like a good portion of my fans are just there to, you know, see my little fancy bits or what have you, hear me talk dirty and tell naughty stories. But that's not, I, that's, that alone wouldn't be enough to keep them coming back. Uh, I mean, really, you know, if they were just interested in watching, you know, a hot girl put stuff up her butt, I mean, there's plenty of girls out there. There's plenty of free porn out there, and there's plenty of girls that are far more beautiful than I am willing to put far more things up their butt than I am, right? Uh, I mean, if that's all people were looking for, you know, my fans wouldn't pay me to just hang out and eat nachos in my dinosaur onesie. <laughs> Which, by the way, if you're only listening to the podcast, if you're not watching the the video, I'm actually I'm actually rocking it right now. As a matter of fact, this is the this is the infamous dinosaur onesie. <laughs> um, but I I think what a lot of people overlook is that sex is not just about a physical release. I mean, sure, you know, maybe for some people it is. I mean, there's def it's definitely a component, but um, we get a lot of other needs met through sex as well. Intimacy, companionship, validation, self-worth. These are all real human needs. And for me personally, I mean, masturbation is where I work out a lot of my frustration. Like... A good orgasm for me is kind of like a, it's like a hard reset for like my brain and my body, you know? Like no matter how tough the day was, you know, how frustrating it was, whatever I went through, for that few moments after I have an orgasm, like, all right, you know, it's, I feel like things are going to be okay. Things, things are going to be okay. I'm going to be all right today. And... You know, masturbation, I, I feel like it's, it's a source of pleasure, release, and also self-care. And for some people, just having, just getting validation from a pretty girl, just having a pretty girl give them the time of day to be interested in them, to have a conversation with them, to want to know who they are, to genuinely be curious about them, to get that kind of attention from a pretty girl, for some people who might not, you know, for some people who maybe that, that same girl wouldn't otherwise give them the time of day. For some people, that's a, that's a gift beyond measure. Um, and personally for me too, um, you know, my, my sexual appetites are of, of the highly kinky variety. Um, you know, I like a lot of very taboo fantasies. I always joke that my fantasies are all like, like when people ask, what's your taboo? I'm like, I like all the bad ones, right? I like all the bad ones. Uh, and so, you know, because of that, most of my fans are also kinksters with sometimes pretty out there sexual fantasies and sexual fetishes, uh, many of which are highly stigmatized and often misunderstood by the general population. 
So getting to share those, those private experiences with another human being, with someone who won't judge us or criticize us or make us feel weird, often for a moment for kinksters like me, that can, that can just make us for a moment, you know, feel, feel normal. Um, you know, sharing our fantasies with other like-minded adults reminds us that we're not alone. Um, being able to share these fantasies with other willing, consenting adults um, reminds us that no matter how kinky or, de or sexually deprived our, our sexual desires may be, that we're still worthy of love, pleasure, sexual gratification, and that we're still good people. That our sexual fantasies don't make us deviants or bad people, right? That as long as we are acting them out in socially sanctioned ways, you know, with other consenting adults, that we're not criminals, you know? That we can still be good people, even if our sexual appetites are uh, you know, a, little, a little kinky. <laughs> Man, I remember uh, one of the best compliments I ever got, one of the best moments I ever had was, uh, was on my birthday last year, a couple months ago. Uh, I did a private show with a fan, and it was, you know, for me, it was a standard, you know, kinky, taboo, fetish role play, nothing out of the ordinary for me. And like halfway through the show, he starts uh, sharing with me his own personal experiences. Um, and uh, I, was, I was really surprised when uh, he told me that he'd actually never shared these fantasies or his, his personal experiences with these things before. Apparently, he felt a lot of shame and embarrassment around his sexual desires and his kinks and his fantasies, and he just never felt comfortable sharing them with, with any of his previous partners before. He, he just didn't feel comfortable talking to them. He didn't know how they would respond, and so he kept them to, themse to himself. And he was just so thankful. He said that I was the first person to ever make him feel, feel okay with himself, to ever make him feel comfortable and, you know, to make him feel okay about his past and his sexuality. And he said it was the first time that someone ever made him feel normal. And he was just so, so thankful. He just kept thanking me. He was just so grateful. And, you know, not only did, you know, did he enjoy the show, but he even tipped me, like, above and beyond the cost of the show, right? Um, and thanked me for, for creating the space that allowed him to, to feel safe enough to share that part of himself. That's why I love my work. Right? That's why I do what I do. That's what sex work means to me. You know, even if it's only behind the anonymity of a computer screen, that it's, it's nice to know that I can create this safe space for people to explore their sexuality and to play with other consenting adults and just be ourselves. You know, without reservation, without guilt, without shame. This is what sex work and kink means to me. And for this reason, 
uh, it, it just it never occurred to me that models could or would exploit their fans or vice versa. It never occurred to me that, you know, fans, quote unquote, would would lie to models to try to get free services or try to hustle them into performing for less than they're worth. You know, I've had I've had fans, fans, quote unquote, you know, who tried to guilt me into thinking that I I owed them, you know, more offline attention than they really deserved, right? That I owed them something because they were supporting my show. Oh, oh man, I remember oh, I um I had a girlfriend, and uh, she decided to try camming for a little while. She'd watched a couple of my shows, and she thought it looked fun, and so she did it for a little while, and. And then I remember uh, I hadn't talked to her, and then I followed up with her. I was like, oh, hey, you know, how's, how's it going? And she was like, and she told me she, and, uh, and she, she felt really, like, uncomfortable. And I guess, um, I guess a fan in her room, a fan, quote, unquote, had, uh, so she was really new and didn't really know a lot about how it works. She just kind of jumped in. And I guess a fan had highlighted their tip in yellow and, told her that he was tipping her, right? And so she thought she made all this money. She was super excited. But what she didn't know is that when you get tipped, it makes a certain sound and the tokens will immediately show up like in your bank and you can see your tokens accruing. And she did a whole show only to log off and realize that she had no tokens in her bank. <laughs> Ugh. Like she did like, oh, she was so excited. She did a whole show for free. And when she signed off, she was like so embarrassed that she didn't even want to cam anymore. She just quit. She was like, fuck that. She's like, I don't even want to do this anymore. <sighs> Dang. I just felt so bad for her, right? That's such a bummer, you know? And yeah, and I think also too, like it never really, you know, maybe I'm naive, you know, but it also never really occurred to me that like models could or would, you know, emotionally manipulate their fans into trying to, you know, give them, you know, money or gifts by making promises that they never intended on delivering. Like, you know, or try to manipulate their fans into giving them more than, than what they really wanted. Like, I remember, uh, I remember when I, I first started camming, um, I met this cute guy and he actually lived in my city. And so I went over to his place and we did a, we did a cam show together. And, and I remember we were, you know, we're in his room and we're chatting with his fans. And I remember one of his fans asked him like, oh, why do you like hanging out with us so much? You know, he's like, you're straight. Like, but here you are hanging out with, you know, with like all of us gay guys, you know, like, you know, wanking it and hanging out with us. Like, why do you hang out with us? You know? And he's like, and he goes, oh, you know, he's like, I just love the attention, you know. He's like, I love chatting with, you know, he's like, I love chatting with you guys. I consider you guys my friends. You know, I see you guys more than I see anyone else in my world. And then he looks at me and like out of the view of the camera, he makes this little like, like money motion with his fingers. Like he did it like below the camera, you know, and kind of like winked at me. And I was just like, oh, like I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know what to say, right? Like, I didn't say anything. I was just like, oh, yeah, totally, you know? Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I guess it, it also never occurred to me that uh, that cam models could or would manipulate each other <laughs> uh, for content, for fans, or for money. 
like I've had cam models that would like befriend me, you know, and like, you know, pretend that they like just really liked my show and stuff just so that they could, you know, promote their promote in my room just so they could steal my fans or steal my ideas and take them back to their own cam room and create a show around my ideas. Um, I've worked with models, photographers, and cinematographers who made content with me, who were super pumped, who loved my ideas. They promised to edit it, and then I never heard from them again. And they never gave me that content. You know, there's no... There's no real guide for being a cam model. You know, there's books and videos and, you know, articles on the subject. But ultimately, everyone in the business just really has to learn these lessons the hard way. They have to learn on their own through experience and through trial and error. Uh, you know, I remember last year, last year I was, uh, I was at like, I was at like a, a BDSM club and uh, and I happened to bump into another male sex worker. Uh, he was a pro-dom and phone sex operator on a website that I used to be on. So I was like, oh, hell yeah, cool. You know, like, you know, another friend in the industry. Hey, what's up, dude? You know? And so we start chatting and almost immediately he starts boasting about, you know, how much money he's made and, you know, and the strategies that he uses to manipulate and exploit his fans. And, um, you know, I was like listening and, and I just told him, like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't do that stuff. Like, I, I don't do those things. Like, I don't, I don't exploit my fans. And that was the word he used, exploit. And, and I was like, I don't exploit my fans. Like, we have a very reciprocal relationship. And he looks at me like, he looks at me dumbfounded. Like, he looked at me like I was stupid. And he was like, and he goes, well, what the fuck you doing, girl? Exploit those motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I was, <laughs> it was like equal parts laughable and horrifying. Uh, I chose the former. <laughs> I just laughed and, uh, and I never spoke to him again. You know, exploiting people is a choice. And so are ethics, right? So are having ethics and so is having integrity. Now, you know, to be fair, I know why people exploit one another. Because it pays, right? Why be honest when lying pays so much better? You know, why be genuine when people will pay so much more for, like, glitz and glam and, you know, and fake shit? Like, why be ethical when cheating gets much quicker, you know, and w when cheating pays so much better, when cheating gets much quicker results, right? Like, um... And, and in my experience, you know, some people are very good at this, right? Some people are very good at, at lying, cheating, deceiving. Some people are very good at, at putting up a fake persona that they, they give off to the world and hiding their true selves at home. Some people are very good at this. Some people are very good at, you know, at riding this persona all the way to the top, whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> Um, and whether you're in the adult entertainment industry or not, I think we've all encountered these kinds of people, right? We've all seen these kinds of things happen. We've all seen people, you know, gain wealth, power, and status by, uh, you know, by cheating an already rigged system, right? By just, you know, saying the things that they know that people want to hear. And, and I think on the same token, we've all 
been in situations where we had the opportunity to cheat that same system. You know, whether it's to lie in a job interview to embellish, whether it's to pay someone less than they're worth, sneak a little cash off the top when no one's looking, you know, cheat on a test or maybe, you know, talk a little shit on someone and ruin their reputation or whatever, right? Like, you know, I'm not here to tell you what to do in these situations, what you should and shouldn't be doing. You know, everybody's got to make those own decisions for themselves. Um... And as, as abhorrent as I personally find these things, uh, I also recognize that, you know, I just, I can't concern myself with that stuff. I, I can't concern myself with how other people conduct their business. Because worrying about what other people are doing, that's the quickest way to be miserable and resentful. And, you know, I... And personally, that's just, you know what? Not my circus, not my monkeys, right? <laughs> All I can do is focus on myself, right? Focus on my own business um, and make sure that my side of the street is clean, right? And just stay in my own integrity and do what I know works for me and for my fans. And there's a lot of things that keep me in my integrity. Like I mentioned in the anger episode, for me, it always comes down to character. Who do I want to be? What am I willing to do? What am I not willing to do? And whether you're building a fake persona or you're, you're working to stay in your integrity, it's all work. No matter what, you're putting in work. But the question is, what are you working for? Are you making the money? Or is the money making you? Are you deciding the things that you're going to do for money? Or is that money deciding what you're going to do? Personally, I'm not good at being fake. <laughs> I'm just not. I fucking hate it. I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. I, it just, I don't like lying. I don't like feeling like I have to hide myself and hide my feelings and hide my thoughts or the things that I believe. It just makes me claustrophobic and I just, I fucking hate it. I do not like it. To me, compromising my integrity, anytime I compromise my integrity, it leaves me feeling just frustrated and unhappy. For me, you know, any extra money that I could make by, you know, by straying away from my integrity, uh, just it isn't worth the effort that it takes me to hold my tongue. And, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to say that I really, I don't need it that bad. <laughs> like, I'm fortunate enough to have, you know, a, a solid base of fans who love and support me just, just being me. Just all by myself. Like, I'm fortunate enough to say that I don't have to lie, cheat, steal, or manipulate to pay my bills. And I think a lot of times, too, that's where a lot of these, uh, that's, I think, some of the things that can tempt people to move out of their integrity, right? In sociology, we call the crimes of poverty, you know? Like, if it's between starving or not having a roof over your head and maybe doing something that you don't want to do, you know, it's understandable why people make these decisions. So, you know, for people that are in, in tough spots, like, I, I feel for them, you know? I definitely understand, you know, what that is to have to make tough decisions, Um um, 
you know. And I and I have to remind myself too, because there's I think there's always that temptation of like, oh, but you know, what's going on over there? Maybe there's more money over there. Um, you know, but I have to remind myself, you know, that I may not have, you know, like I may not have super crazy high token goals or, you know, crazy large fan counts, but I do have fans that take good care of me, you know, who appreciate me, who make me feel good about myself and who support my show and who support my work. And I also, I know that just by showing up and by, by putting in, by putting in the work and putting out content every day, I get new followers, I accomplish my goals, I set new goals, I crush those, and I set even, even higher goals, right? Every day I make a little bit of progress. Um, and, and I, and, and already I've, I've already done so much more than I ever thought was possible. And there's only, and there's, there's, and I still have so much more to go. You know, I have, I have fans who happily send me tokens of their appreciation, right? Tips, gifts, you know, advice, support with new projects, equipment, you know, and everything else I need to ensure my continued happiness and success. Like to me, why would I need to steal what's already being given to me so freely? The answer is I don't. you know, aside from, aside from, you know, maybe being in a really difficult position, the only other reason that I can think of that people would do that is greed. The desire to want more, 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 and to want it now. <laughs> you know, the Veruca salts of the world, right? I mean, and I think about it, would I like to be making an extra 50K a year, an extra 100K a year, 200K, you know? Would I like it tomorrow? Pfft, absolutely. <laughs> Hell yeah. But do I want it bad enough to steal for it? To lie for it? Bad enough to cheat someone out of it? Bad enough to step on someone else's neck to get it? No. I don't. just not that important to me. I mean, you know, sure, you know, money matters. I'm not saying that money doesn't matter. You know, I'm not saying that having a successful business or a successful career or building your fan count, your numbers, all those things. I'm not saying those things don't matter. They absolutely do. You know, without those things, I wouldn't have a roof over my head and food in my belly, right? Um, but getting those things in a dishonest way it just doesn't bring me the same satisfaction that it does when I know that I've earned it by being my true and genuine authentic self. And when I know that I've earned it by improving the life of someone else. My, my goal is to improve the lives of my fans, not make them worse. I think, you know, and I, I think for some people, you know, I think that need to build up those numbers also comes from, you know, how they build their sense of identity and how they build their sense of self-worth. For me personally, my self-worth is not based on the numbers in my bank account. I know that I'm a whole person 
who is lovable and worthy of respect and all the wonderful things in the world, regardless of how much money I make. I am just as worthy of love now as I was when I was a poor, broke college student, you know, working at a coffee shop. And I think that bears repeating. My self-worth is not dependent on the numbers in my bank account. Self-worth is measured by the way that we treat and respect ourselves. No one can steal my dignity because it's not a physical possession. Self-worth isn't something that you earn. It's a state of being. And, you know, and I've been in those positions where I've had, you know, wealthy fans that, that you know, that want more than I am willing to give. And they've offered to pay me a lot more than I would, a lot more than I would even think to ask for. <laughs> Uh, they've, you know, offered me money to say and do things outside of my integrity. You know, they've tried to sweet talk me into it. They tried to belittle me and berate me into doing it. And I think what they incorrectly assume is that is that I need that money as much as they do. They incorrectly assume that their that their approval or that their status or that 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 carrot that they're dangling on the end of the stick they assume that because they're willing to compromise their integrity for money they assume that everyone else is too well they're wrong i don't exploit others i just i don't like it i don't believe in it and i don't cooperate with those who do either because I understand that cooperating with exploitation means opening ourselves up to the possibility of being exploited. Oh, you know, I remember, uh, oh, this is an interesting one. I remember um, talking to this guy that my housemate used to date. He was really interesting. He was very, he had a very quick wit. He was very sharp, super intelligent, and he talked a lot, like nonstop. He loved to hear himself talk. Uh, he was super logical, and I think maybe like a little bit like, you know, I don't like to throw those words around, but like kind of narcissistic, kind of like a psycho, like kind of like a psychopath. Like he didn't, he didn't really, he was very clear with the fact that he didn't care for anybody but himself. He was like, I just don't feel things for other people. Like, he's like, uh, you know, aside from like himself and his mother, he didn't feel things for other people. He's like, I mean, I like people. He's like, but I don't, I don't feel for you, you know? Um, uh, and he's like, you know, he's like, he, he was like, I'll be kind and friendly to people who cross my path. He's like, but the moment you stand in the way of my goals, bitch, you're going down. <laughs> he was like, ha ha, kidding, not kidding. He was not kidding. <laughs> he was not kidding. Uh... And so I found him absolutely fascinating, right? I just, I found this person fascinating because obviously, you know, he's a very different person from how I am, right? He operates very differently. And so, and the fact that he was so open about, about his feelings and the way that he operated and he was so blunt, you know, I just had to pick his brain, right? Uh, and so I asked him, I go, I go, okay, well, knowing that you don't really feel anything for other people, like what stops you from just outright, you know, exploiting and taking advantage of other people? Like, you know, you could easily lead somebody on and just totally take advantage of them. Like, why don't you do that? And 
I was like, I mean, you clearly don't give a shit about other people, right? Like, why not just exploit them? Um, I was like, it's, it's a real question. And he was like, he was like surprisingly rational. He was like, oh. He was like, well, he was like, you know, he's like, I've thought about that. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, the reason I don't is because he's like, there's always, he's like, no matter how badass you think you are, he's like, there's always, always someone way more colder than you, someone way more fucked up than you. He's like, look, I know I'm cold and disconnected. He's like, you know, he's like, if I don't personally know you, I don't really give a shit about your situation or your feelings. You know, your feelings aren't my responsibility. He's like, but, he goes, I'm also actively not trying to hurt anyone either. Like, as long as you're not in my way, you know, I don't really care what you do, right? Like, do whatever. He's like, you know, he's like, we can be cool and all that. Just stay out of my way. He's like, but, he says, but, you know, there are people out there that, are way meaner and way scarier than me and willing to do way worse things than me. He's like, you know, there's people out there that genuinely want to hurt other people, that enjoy hurting other people, you know? He's like, that shit's fucked up. He's like, man, that shit scares me. He's like, he's like, no way. He's like, he's like, I'm not trying to mess with that. He's like, I'm not trying to run into one of those people, you know? He's like, I'll stay in my own lane. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, fair enough. And it, it was interesting to hear that from someone who, you know, doesn't come from, because clearly I come from a more emotional perspective, right? I clearly, you know, I feel for people, I care for people. But it's very interesting to hear somebody who's more, you know, strictly logical, strictly rational to come to the same conclusion, which is that when you, when you allow exploitation in your life, you open yourself up to the potential of being exploited yourself. And personally, that's just not, that's not a risk that I want to take. I mean, no matter how big and powerful we are, there's always someone out there stronger and fiercer and ready and willing to put us in our fucking place. And personally, I would rather be humbled than have someone else humble me. So on that, uh, the last words I'm going to leave you with, I'm going to leave you with a quote, uh, a quote by Nietzsche. Uh, and it's from his, it's from, I think, an essay he wrote or a book he wrote called Beyond Good and Evil. And it says, whoever fights monsters should see to it that in the process, he does not become a monster himself. And when you look, and when you look long into the abyss, the abyss also looks long into you. Well, that's all I have for you today. Again, my name is Vera Payam, and you've been listening to The Vera Payam Show. And if no one has told you today, I hope someone has, but if no one has told you today, allow me to be the first. I don't know you, but I love you.